Welcome to Spoilers Please, where we have discussions involving any form of media that tells stories, usually movies and TV shows, and we'll do so with spoilers. You've been warned. Hi, my name is Albert. This is Johnny. This is Josephine. This is Edward. And for this episode, we are going to be talking about uh, a movie that we should have talked about two months ago called <laughs> The Big Sick. Why so soon? Yeah, why so soon? Yeah. It, it, it is kind of weird because I, I consider this, arguably at this point in time, my favorite movie of the year. And it took oh, me easy. this long, right, this long right. for me to talk about this movie. It's because the movie, it took technically 10 years to make this movie. So we were going to match that and wait 10 <laughs> years to review it. Yeah, it, it, it took a while, man. It took a while. But go ahead. I, I would say I kind of like the fact that people are still discovering this movie. I'm still getting people who are who go to me, hey, I finally saw that movie you, you recommended like months ago. And yeah, it's really good. You know, I, I still get that like this like this morning. This morning, like uh, somebody I know just told me, oh yeah, we saw The Big Sick. We really loved it, blah, blah, blah. So people are still discovering it. So in a way, it kind of works that we're doing this weeks later, months later, because then hopefully all those people that I recommend this movie to have already seen it. And can be listening to this right now. So thoughts, uh, Edward. Um, I've heard of this film when it first came out on Sundance early this year in January. Oh, so fancy. I was, but I mean, like, <laughs> I, I mean, the reason why it's not it's not fancy it was just like it was on the news. It was like, and especially in the entertainment articles I was reading, uh, they were talking about it, especially because of obviously attention that it was uh, Judd Apatow produced it. And Kumal Nanjani wrote and is starring in it. And it's something, it would be his first, like, uh, it was still comedy, but, like, it's definitely his first romantic lead role. And so it definitely caught my attention because it's not often we get to see Asian-American actors take that spotlight, especially uh, with a project that has such a high caliber uh, surrounding it. And so it caught my attention. And then we, I didn't, uh, we, and then when it came around that, my the actors union SAG after was doing a screening of it. I was like, Joseph, we should watch it. Anyways, my thought on the big sick, uh, it is one of my favorite movies of the year. It is undeniably, it's touching, it's funny, it's tragic, it's sad. It is a very unconventional romantic comedy. Um, it's probably one of the more unique ones I've seen in a while. So that's my thought on the movie. Josephine. I agree um, wholeheartedly in terms of the person of color, Asian American, Asian American, um, getting to be the lead in a story that's his of his telling, blah, 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 telling of his own story kind of thing as well. Then it wasn't, and it shows all the like the stereotypical things you would believe for like an Indian guy in terms of all the arranged marriages, but done so in a way that it wasn't like look at me be super racist about this because it's written by white people and their ideas of what comes with all of that, um, and so. Yeah, I really enjoyed it because Kumal, the only thing I really know him from was Silicon Valley. Mm -hmm. And then even though he's like one of many people in that show, every time he appears, it's like, no, he's a funny guy. And like, I want to see more of him. And then so him taking the limelight was great. And uh, I guess I didn't really expect anything from this film. So that kind of helped because usually when you go in with expectations and you expect it to be a certain way, blah, blah, blah. But this one I knew nothing about. So I was pleasantly surprised when I watched it. Yeah, I liked it too, man. I'm uh, I really particularly I like the what do you call it, the the sort of like the late second half, third act of the movie after she gets sick. I like the fact that they spend a lot of time with him and the parents, and it's about their relationship more than 
it's it's about their relationship as much as him with her and stuff like that. And I love the fact that they the movie went on after she kind of came out of the coma. And because the thing is, those three uh, characters, Kamal and her parents, went through this experience. They kind of bonded or had fights and stuff like that. But she was not obviously present for any of that. You know what I mean? Because in a normal rom-com, she would wake up and she'd be like, oh, I'm, I'm, look, look at me. Everything's great. Oh, I love you. Let's go off to the sunset. Everything's great. But the movie continues on and the, the character moves on. And she has to figure out what the hell happened to me for like a week. What's going on? How are you guys in the same room? What's going on? I like that a lot. And I like uh, a lot of this movie. It's a really good movie. It's really funny. It's really touching. And I like the structure of it more than anything else. I, I did like that aspect. That's what that's the one aspect I tell people. I people who have seen it. That's the one I always gravitate towards telling. I like the fact that when she woke up from her coma, she's like, dude, I, I didn't experience everything you experienced. I can't just suddenly fall in love with you again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So so perfect for like an like you said, an alternative romantic comedy that's very unconventional. Uh like like Jamming said, most romantic comedy chick flicks will just be like, oh, we all love each other and everything's all okay. And that's not how it works in real life. But um, I was introduced to Komail Nanjiani, actually, and Emily Vivio Gordon from their podcast. They had a podcast called The Indoor Kids that mm-hmm. they kind of had a while back. They kind of went on hiatus because they started doing this TV projects, movie projects and whatnot. So that's how I'm familiar with them. And I've been kind of waiting for this movie to come out. Because especially now that, especially since they wrote it together. And that's very nice. Although, uh-huh. um, although a lot of people say it is based on real life, they did take liberties. They purposely took liberties because they're still making a movie. Yeah, I, of course, if it was real, real life, it would be kind of boring. Yeah, one of the, one of the strengths of the fact that they're uh, real life couple and wrote together is the the fights that they had in, in the early in the movie and the middle of the movie when they broke up. It felt like real fights. You know, what I mean, like like fights that couples like really, really have. Yeah. I, I like to add to that real quick. They, the lot of the fight stuff, a lot, lot of the big reveal stuff, mm-hmm. were made up for the movie. Oh, well. Uh, Kamel said that these are stuff that he would have loved to have said in right. real life, but never did. <laughs> so so they added into the movie. So, yeah, yeah. It's like revisionist history, but yeah, go ahead. Because the thing is, yeah, it sounded like really, really personal. It's like the shots that he took, that she took, like were only things, if they were really intimate, they really kind of knew each other. Those are the kind of shots that they took, you know what I mean? They really took on their insecurities and all that stuff. It felt really uncomfortable. It's one of those things where like, like, hey man, I should maybe leave the theater. These two are fighting right now. This is very uncomfortable, man. I gotta get out of here. This is yes. really, this is really tense, man. It, uh, that that's a real strength of the movie. It, and stuff it, like it that. was probably even more comfortable, uncomfortable in real life. Yeah. And then this is the more refined version of those fights. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's that's a real strength of the movie and stuff like that. the fact that these two. It's based on real life, real life people, real life a couple and stuff like that. I also like the fact that Kumail wasn't like the perfect boyfriend. Because, yeah. you know, you, you kind of want your, the lead guy to be the perfect boyfriend. And he really was not. He's a dick. You know, so, and it and the, the movie does not try to hide it. And I kind of did appreciate it a lot. I and like, then, go ahead. I don't know if it's a real life, but I like the fact that when he found out about the news of her being in a coma, being in a situation, it's after he's had uh, sex with another uh, another girl, you know what I mean? A uh, girl he picked up at the bar and stuff like that. It's, yeah, it, he kind of moved on with his life at that point and stuff like that. It's It's really interesting. Uh, what I did like about the leads, it's like, okay, yes, come on. I mean, I wish maybe somehow his wife was an actress and they used her instead. But uh, aesthetically, they're not the most attractive people. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, normal people having hey, a relationship. Hey, Zoe Kazan is pretty cute. Hmm? Zoe Kazan is pretty cute. Oh, the things to say about her. Um so, well, watching Kamal, I think he's actually kind of cute the more you watch him. But her, I did not find attractive. I was like, hey, this girl kind of got a weird-looking face. But wow, apparently, it's harsh. just me. Albert <laughs> thinks she's cute. 
Oh, hold and on. Then, uh, isn't she also Paul Dano's wife or girlfriend or girlfriend, whatever? I, think. I don't yeah. know who that is. All I know is she's she's legacy. No! Oh, I'll yeah. talk about that later. Uh, Paul Dano is the guy in Okja. The, the human, the pet, the animal yeah. activist guy. He's in the Swiss That's Army. That's Paul Dano. He's, Swiss Army man. Yeah, he's, he's a good actor. But anyway, going off tangent, go ahead, Josephine. Wow, you really know her life story, huh? She's cute. <laughs> uh, go ahead, Josephine. Keep going. She's not. Um, so I actually liked her the most in the film while I was watching it because I thought she was the most naturalistic and uh, was able to bring a quality to Emily that I was like, oh, I really like this girl. And But obviously, you know, like you said, oh, in real life, you're not that witty and can come up with such savvy things to say back to somebody at all times. And I wish they downplayed that a little bit and made it more realistic by like having even more awkward moments instead of these contrived awkward moments. Um, there was a problem we had in terms of like most rom-com-ish kind of films where when a guy likes a girl and she says, I don't like you, in real life, if the guy was to keep persisting after this girl, after she goes, I don't like you, leave me alone, mm-hmm. it would he would look like a stalker, mm-hmm. right? Or a rapist, haha, because he probably does other extremist things. But here, as in all Hollywood films, is that when a guy does that and he still pursues the girl, it's viewed as romantic. Granted, yes, in this situation, it was like, oh, she had sex with him. She liked him back, blah, blah, blah. And then when you go in real life situations, you're like, look, they got married. It's so cute. But I'm just saying... And in another situation, it would have been like, don't call her. Like, if they had shown, hold on. If it had shown that she called him instead, like, you know that scene where he's walking back her, well, walking her back to her apartment, and if she had called him and said, hey, you know what, you should come back in, it's kind of cold outside, then I would have been okay with that. But no, he called her. So I was just like, gosh, you just literally said that. Yes, she probably likes you and wants to have sex with you too, but ugh, it's just showing the whole, like, don't respect what women actually say because they don't know what they want. I, I think, honestly, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I thought it was just flirting in a sense. Yeah. Where it's one of those like, like I don't really want you, but I kind of actually do. Is it, is, but yeah, the, but that, 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 that's exactly that what you're saying. Though. that stereotype though? Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. That's exactly what you're saying. There's a whole video about Harrison Ford's movies always containing this. But besides the point, um, I do like the fact that, remember we, said, we did say that Kumail was a dick. Right, and that's kind of part of that. Mm-hmm. But at the very end, he kind of matured. She said, "Hey, I don't really need you to be around anymore." He actually even left the state. Yeah. Okay. It was her that ended up pursuing him at the end. I don't know if that's how how it happened in real life, but it was it, her that ended up pursuing him at the end. Uh, in real life, they actually just moved to New York together. They, they were oh, so that was really well, that, that was really no, solid. Real life <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was boring, but they made it more interesting. Yeah. For the yeah movie. Exactly. And uh, so, I, before before I get to my negatives, one another one of the positives I liked was. Uh, the whole uh, Camille's family and stuff like that. You know what I mean? There's a there's a couple of really great scenes where Camille says, you know what, uh, what if you don't want me to kind of date white girls or have a progressive life, why come? Why bother coming to America, right? And then he also says, you know what, to uh, to the the girlfriends like, hey, you're fighting with your parents about certain subjects, but I'm fighting a five thousand year old tradition of arranged marriages. It's not that easy and stuff like that. You know what I mean? This all that stuff is wonderful. And there's a scene where his father, Camille's father, comes to him and says to him, you know what, hey man. I understand your point of view, but you're also being selfish. I mean, we're we're supposed to, you know, you you're this this is our custom, this is our ways, and that's all that stuff is really true, and it kind of hits hits home and stuff like that. All that stuff is good. All that's great stuff. Yeah, that element of the movie is part of the reason why I really, really, really like the movie. Mm-hmm. Edward, go ahead. Uh, picking back up what uh, Jamming said, um, 
I just definitely like the when they were going his family stuff. It also, when they actually focus on one of his arranged marriages, yes. like I was looking at the uh, actress, the character her name was uh, Kadiha, and I liked her because it was like, in my opinion, I thought she was a lot more attractive than Zoe Kazan's character, and she was great. She was funny. She was witty, and then. You know, I like the fact that Kumal is kind of a dick and isn't really honest or yeah. like forthcoming with information. Mm -hmm. So she was right in calling out saying, yes. you led me along this whole thing. You didn't tell yeah. me. You just kind of like and then you can't use your excuse of your parents being like, oh, this this. you got to tell me the truth. And, you know, and all these kind of things. So that scene when you can see that she really does like it, and then he breaks her heart. That's and a great scene. I was like damn like yeah. that that to me was one of the standout scenes because she's not supposed to be the love interest but you could see like how it could have been because she, you know he did like her as a person he just didn't like her that way oh my question would also be why do all these women want kumal like yes there's like the parents are arranging the marriage but it's like what's so good about him he's a working stand-up or barely oh, yeah. working stand-up yeah. actor that's who is dating White woman. That, that could just be a cultural thing where cultural their parents thing. told them, oh, this is the person you're supposed to be with, you know, make sure to have a, a good impression, that kind of thing. So it may... Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that kind of thing. But I, I also, to add what Edward said, I like the fact that that one final girl that, that he broke her heart to, uh, she was likable. Like you said, she was yeah. a likable girl. A regular romantic comedy would make her hateable. Like a spinster, yeah. angry or money. Or, you know, exactly. Weird, so, so yeah, it just goes yeah. to show like, yeah, Camille kind of was a dick. That know, is so. that is the best thing in the movie to me because you realize these are not just like faceless women. These women are actually invested in this tradition. Whether you think it's right or wrong, it's, it's up to an individual person, but the people in this culture, in this life, they're really invested. This, this is serious stuff for them. The fact that he's so immature about it, uh, speaks ill of him and stuff like that. He's, she's, that's a great scene. That's a really good actress. She's actually in, uh, oh, what do you call a crazy crazy ex-girlfriend. Yeah, and she's great in that show, too. She's really great. And I just want to go... Oh, sorry. I'll just go to my negatives. My negatives is uh, is actually... Uh, you know Camille's friends, the, the other comedians and stuff like that? Go ahead. They're not very good. They're not very interesting. It's like Andy, the lady from uh, SNL, and the other comedian, Bo something, whatever. It's just like, I, I didn't find them very interesting. It seemed like they were all just sort of like Pollyanna, very happy for no reason. Everything that happens to Camille, they're, they're always chipper and happy and positive for no reason. I just didn't like them very much. I agree. That's the arguably the weakest part of the movie for me yeah. as well. And also the they fact... Kind of, oh, uh, they reminded me of the characters from the uh, Don't Think Twice thing mm -hmm. with uh, Jordan... Keegan-Michael Keel. Oh, Keegan-Michael Keel and uh, the... Uh, the girl in, from Community. Um, Alison Brie? No, no. no. Oh, God, the other God. girl's name. The blonde one. I'm so sorry. Okay, yeah, name. Sorry. Oh, but it just reminded me of like a snippet of it. But obviously that wasn't the focus of the story, so who right. cares? Yeah. I Especially when you bounced off the, the ladies that Camille met on, the, on his dates. Those ladies actually acted well and had better energy. I don't know. I just didn't like his... His best friends, those, those the comedians, they're not very good. And also, I didn't like the fact that he, there was he had a, a thing where he had to qualify or get picked up by this agent for this uh, comedy festival. I thought that's just an artificial kind of melodrama kind of a thing. Yeah, it's, 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 like it's, a, it's like a plot trope that did not need trope. to be exist in the movie. Yeah, it's just completely kind of random, artificial. It just creates a fake tension and stuff like that. So I didn't really like that very much. And the same thing with him moving to New York and stuff. It's just kind of random and arbitrary and stuff like that. Just minor quibbles. Stuff I don't like know. That. New York has a lot of like clubs that you have to go. Yeah, but it has to be in two weeks, man. He in two weeks. He has to leave <laughs> in two weeks, man. Go ahead. Sorry. For me, I would disagree. Like, 
I would say yes to his comedian friends uh, might have been a weaker element, but they weren't that much of a weaker element to me. I did enjoy them because it was it's like it is his this movie is mm-hmm. loosely based on Kumail's life. And you have to and obviously because he plays his his namesake. So so you have to incorporate that world. And I didn't mind the talent. Agent. Yes, it was used as a plot trope, but it became I think it was used effectively in what might be the most powerful scene in the entire film. Oh, that's true. The moments when he had to deliver because his life could change. He could be on a variety show. He could be all this. And that moment is when he learns that his girlfriend or... It's imp- oh yeah! Why is oh, he yeah. calling her girlfriend? Okay. They had Wait, broken hold up hold at on, that point. Hold 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 like, hold so angry. <laughs> okay, alright. Hold on. Hold on. So... Uh, so that she was dying, and then when Kumal delivered that, like, he didn't have a set because he couldn't do a set, and he just spoke from the heart of what was happening, and so it was, I dubbed that scene, and I think a lot of people dubbed it as, like, uh, the worst stand-up set in history, mm-hmm. because it was the worst, but Technically. dramatic, like, watching as a film, like, an audience member, I was, I was kind of blown away, because I've never seen Kumal Nunjani act that way, and I was just like, wow, like, I was just... I, I think I cri- I think I cried in that moment because I was like, no, this is really emotional, and he did an excellent. So I think yes, the whole talent agent they had to set that up because it's the whole thing of like every entertainer actor is like, you know, you want to pursue your professional career, but then life happens, crisis happens, and then when they come together, it's like, what do you do? And so I liked that that he, you know couldn't do it just he couldn't do what he was what he wanted to do and instead he just did that um and so my opinion but going oh yeah josephine should take it the whole usage of girlfriend go oh no you already heard me yelling it's cool. okay we're good just yeah what i will say one of my criticisms for sure is why give anyone if any of you guys can answer why does kumal collect all the pictures of the women that he had arranged wedding meetings with what was the point of that i mean should we say it's just a plot trope again i don't think it's a plot trope it was almost like a trophy in a sense oh these are all the women that wanted me kind of thing just uh, to add to maybe, the whole like maybe. he's kind of a dick yeah mm, that's the only okay. explanation i can give really i don't know the other explanation he would do it he did it like ugh, another one from yeah. my box or was it that he felt bad throwing away their photos because it's like they came all the way out here i don't want to it's like no but it's Ed- like a casting director getting no, but, but, headshots from all these but, sad actors yep. but edward has a point though there's no reason for him to keep that anyway there's no reason at least put it somewhere where other you know the girls that invite to your room yeah. will find it. It's like almost like a keepsake that he's keeping, yeah. like like a keeping tabs on all these women that he could have. Yeah, kind of it's thing. An ego thing. But yeah, it, but it just it's it's just a convenience thing. So then when she sees it, she can be you know the, that part of the story can kick in. Oh, that's true that. too. Yeah, I, I'm curious to see if that, if that happened in real life or not. It's funny because this is not the first time this year I've seen something like that used in a film. The last time I saw something that was in the movie Get Out. Where the right, oh that's right yeah, that's right, right. right. Oh, yeah. my girlfriend collects all the pictures of her black boyfriend. Well, boyfriends. they need the evidence, otherwise the story yeah. will never it's move like, forward. Yeah. It's like one of those things. It's like I now I can see. I do think it was a plot trip because yeah. for a big sick, they had to use that for like the biggest fight scene, right. like where they fight and they break up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for get out was like used as a turning point that oh my girlfriend's actually like part of this spoilers this whole yeah <laughs> for the get out. So it's, it's even, like yeah in real life if you ever did have something all that crap it's like you would never leave it out in the open you would yeah. hide that shit under like some like plank yeah. you would hi- you would yeah. put a lock in it like you would put it in a very secure place well, it, 
in real life, she she'd just be hacking into his phone, right? Like you know, she just kind of yeah, look at him when he has pictures on his phone. Like she yeah. logged it. She's like, oh, what's your favorite uh, uh-huh. animal cracker? Oh, yeah. that was the password. You yeah, know? and then like figure what's it out your... in a more conniving way. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's one of those things where he leaves his Facebook page open and stuff like that on his computer, and then he just snoops and gets in and stuff like that. But exactly. I, yeah, no, they have hard copies of photos in this day and age, going like, ooh, evidence every. Yeah. That is true. There's two movies this year where the movie turns basically because of photography, which is something that's kind of outdated. Yeah. <laughs> Who uses that? Well, to be fair, and Get Out, oh no, that was his photography. He yeah. was a photographer, and she just did it because yeah. she's weird. That, yep. I mean, the Get Out one's even weirder because that's evidence to prove that dead people are still around, or you know, what I mean, the kidnappers. Yeah. Kidnapped people. Well, they that's were never dead. Abusive. They were all just brainwashed. Or yeah, whatever. they're brainwashed. Anyway. All right. So we have to talk about Ray Romano. And... Oh yeah. yeah. And Holly, Holly, Holly Hunter. Hunter. Holly Hunter, Hunter. Yes, yes. They're great. They're great. They're Holy rude. shit. Especially Holly Hunter. Oh that fantastic. one scene in the bar when she was like, What are you yeah. what are you trying she to say? She goes ape shit on fuck? that guy. Yeah. Oh my god. I mean, I I mean I'm not an actor or anything like that, but I I get the I when I was watching them perform, they do a really good job of using both of their bodies and stuff like that. Because obviously she's much shorter than he is, but she commands every scene that they're in together. You know what I mean? She's obviously the the authority figure in that relationship. And then, you know, the way she uses her body, the way he kind of slumps over and stuff like that, all that stuff is great. They're both of them are really good. It, it looks like he's had his ass beat by her for years now, is all but, I'm but saying. Then, but then there was a reason for that mm-hmm. because he was still the guilty party who yeah, cheated on yeah. her. So it was right. like, that's right. kind of the word that the, the, the exactly. I don't know if that's how their marriage was before that happened. I get the feeling it was. But that's how, <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. Given the way Holly Hunter acts and how great she is and stuff like that, it seems like she's been, she's been a ball buster for, for a while and stuff like that. You know what I mean? She's I, terrific. I don't research like the tr- who I was actually true behind the stories, but was that part true in real life where uh, <laughs> Emily's parents, you know, and dad cheated on the mom, and now it's like, let's yeah. tell the whole world. No, so, like, I don't think it is. Nobody knew about it, and yeah. now everyone knows. Now everyone knows that your dad is an asshole. Yeah, I, I've seen them because they were they were at the late show together when Kamal was there, and they they flashed on them, and they look like just regular white people. The the the, the father's like a more heavy set and stuff like that. They're they're kind of just average and stuff like that. They're just like, I get oh. to be Ray Romano. Yeah, they're kind of average. No. Oh, um, Ray Romano, well, he was probably being nice, but in the Q&A that we saw, he was saying how, like, the father is, like, a very handsome, attractive man, oh, and he no, was like, oh, no. I feel so bad, I'm no. doing him such an injustice, like, yeah. me, the schlubby-looking guy, and now, Jaming is refuting that by yeah, saying, yeah. Oh, and, no, and, he, and, and her yeah. father is not, like, a New Yorker that moved to uh, Carolina, they are, uh, her family is from Carolina, but he, the father's not, like, a New Yorker that's kind of a transport, uh, transplant and stuff like that. And I do like the fact that they were kind of riffing. Supposedly, a lot of those jokes were ad lib, mm-hmm. where they kind of just like, like go, go ahead and do what you can, yeah. and then we'll put whatever it is. In the yeah, I know Ray Romano gets saddled with the father jokes and all daddy jokes, or whatever and stuff like that. But he had one of the best jokes where she, after she comes out of coma, she wants to go for a walk, and he says, and he tells her, "Hey, don't fall into a coma." You know, that's a really good joke, man. That's really good, and it sounds ad lib too. Yeah, actually. And also, speaking just, of. Uh, Speaking of good jokes, uh, the one of the jokes that I remember in the audience just it was like like laughter as well as shock was when like when when the parents asked Kamal, so what do you think about nine <laughs> yes. eleven? And yeah. Kamal's response to that like killed me. Like yeah. I don't really know ha, ha, ha. Ba- I don't know baseball uh, that well, but the fact that I knew it was he was making a baseball joke out of a horrific tragedy yeah. and then you just see the parents' reaction just being like, What the fuck? Baseball yeah. joke? How is that a baseball joke? No, he made a baseball joke. Out of the 9-11. Wait, what? He, no. That was a baseball joke. No, he it? said, oh, yeah, it was a heavy loss on our side. And then they thought he was talking about the terrorist side. No, I know. But then he, he added that 
and he he made a sports analogy. You're gonna have to explain the sports analogy. Did no one get that? No, because I, I thought it was just a, it was just like a joke that he was talking about the terrorist side. You know, oh, we yeah, lost was, seventeen of our best men. Maybe we're so busy laughing, we didn't hear anything. All right, hold on. Yeah. but yeah. that 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 is the joke that a lot of people refer to a lot as the funniest joke in the movie, and yeah. it's a joke that was. On the trailer, yeah, that's the unfortunate yeah. part of it. You know, well, it's also, in the there's trailer, the other one when they would be in the um, the he's in the restaurant with his brother, and then he's like, "Oh, like, well, you're dating a white girl," and he's like, "Oh, haha, we're not terrorists." <laughs> yeah, right, that's right, that's right, that's right. Mm-hmm. There's that too. Yeah, speaking of the family too, the the like, like Jamming mentioned earlier, the mom and the dad of Camille's side are also really good too. The mom's really sympathetic, even though you know, in a regular movie, they will make her the bad person because she's trying to force right. him to get married to somebody. But the dad, I did like the dad a lot. He seemed like the more understanding type kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. You Googled it. Go ahead. Okay. Well, um, just so. to reiterate, Albert is wrong sometimes and he edits it out. So <laughs> Edward was wrong and he's crazy and does, there was no baseball reference oh. at all. <laughs> and we're just looking at it and reading it. And he, what he says is, it was a tragedy. We lost 19 of our best guides after, best guys. After a moment of uncomfortable silence, he adds, that was a joke. Who was the 19 Obviously. then? The 19 um, terrorists? Yeah, 19 terrorists that died that day. They were the ones in the plane. Yeah. He said, ha ha, Nine eleven. Yeah. He was, do you get it? Yeah. Are you sure? <laughs> I get it. <laughs> wow, this is live on the, on the recording. Yeah. Right on. <laughs> All right, there was no baseball joke. Ha ha. I would wish there was a baseball joke. Never mind. Yep. Wah, wah, wah. At least he can't edit out his mistakes. <laughs> um. Oh, so we, uh, when we, our screening that we watched, because it was the fancy smancy, like, sag after shit, we had the, um, oh, all right. the actors appear on stage afterwards with the director to tell us how great they are. Um, I think Kumal, after watching him on stage, like, oh, I don't know if we're just, I'm just jumping ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Why are you jumping ahead? No, go no. ahead. I, I, okay. I, I didn't know if you guys were, like, still, had, still to talk about the movie no. itself. Um, well, we can still talk just... about the movie, but go ahead with this story. Yeah. Oh, no, it's just Kumal does seem like a really cool guy, and he's really humble and nice and aware of his surroundings, which helps because Ray Romano, you know, being a stand-up comedian, always is like, I have all these jokes. Listen to me drop them mm-hmm. every chance I get. And it was like, Ray Romano, shut up. You're so annoying. And then Holly Hunter was like, you know, the very refined, sophisticated lady who only spoke when it was like, oh, it is my turn. I will now speak and keep it short and sweet. Um, and my biggest disappointment was the Zoe Kapupu girl. Oh, come on. Uh, because the movie, I liked her, right? I was like, no, she was like the best thing about the movie. She was really good. But then when we saw her in person, I was like, this girl is a little diva bitch because she herself drops that she's legacy. And I was like, what the fuck is she talking about? And Edward's like, oh, her, her parent her dad, or somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Is the legendary director, Ilya Kazan. Yeah. yeah, I was like, okay, who? Well, I don't even know who that is. But then she, On she the herself... Waterfront? I think that's mm-hmm. his on the waterfront, the Marlon Brando movie. I think that's his. Yeah, Mar- yeah, that's his sure. Movie. And I th- but then like she herself had to say that mm-hmm. in a preface for right. a story she had to give, which had no no, no yeah. relevance to the story itself. But she was like, oh, you know, because someone asks if I'm leg, and I was like, what the fuck is she? And yeah. every time she would talk, it'd always be like, oh yeah, this time I did this thing with this person, <laughs> and I was on the, I was like. Oh, you're the worst. It's like, so it she, ruined the movie. She was a stereotypical name dropping, very entitled white actress. So it made I was like, well, you know, she played a great character, so I'm not that's not yeah. gonna take that away from it. But you know, it's kinda like when you watch a QA, you're like, Oh yeah, the actress is not Is she the daughter or granddaughter? Because 
I think it's a granddaughter. Not granddaughter. Like if, if Elik is yeah. undirected. Yeah, yeah. It's granddaughter. I'm there we go. I, would yeah. that explain why she only does indie films? Because it seems like that's she all doesn't she need does. the money. She's a legacy. She doesn't need the money. <laughs> she has she on the waterfront money. On girls like yeah. when it ended, like she she was on that show. Since oh, she yeah, was. She, yeah. she also told us that that she was on Girls, and I'm like, oh, thank I, you. I didn't um, know that. I only know her from the indie movies that I've seen her in. I didn't see this Q and I'm already annoyed by her. Yeah, I was super annoyed and. I want to watch Big Sick again, but now I'm kind of like, God, your face is annoying. Well, this, well, this yeah. is disappointing to me. I like Joey, Zoe Kazan from the stuff I've seen from her. And then now, now this, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I was disappointed uh. too because I was like, she was a standout for me in this movie. There she is. Oh, she's talking. What I did like about the Q&A part or Josephine's ring up was that when Kumal was talking about how he really wanted Holly Hunter and Ray Romano to be it, and, you know, it was great to see just, you know, in the end, he's just, you know, he's just a humble guy yeah. who, yes, he's had success, but it's kind of like, you know, he was trying to go for, like, the big guys because he knows he knew that this was an indie film. Yes, it had, like, good people behind it, like Judd Apatow. But the, his process of, like, trying to, like, he wrote, like, these formal letters. He and his wife were, like, you know, they're all, like, sweating over how do we write to Holly Hunter to, you know, because they wanted her first. They wanted her and so they wrote these formal letters and they constantly did these revisions until they're like, okay. I think maybe. Holly said she also forgot. She was like, you wrote me a letter? <laughs> they're like, oh, she yeah. forgot. Yeah, so. But yeah, I think I enjoy the process of like, you know, it was it was great to see the behind the scenes of the thing. However, when they described like the filming process of the director Michael Showalter and how everything was very flowy, that will lead to, for me, the biggest criticism I have of this film is that I feel like it could have been about... 10 15 minutes tighter because it felt very like flowy in a sense that it kind of drags in certain places now it, it's this is a minor complaint because the jokes most of the times landed the actors were yep. committed everyone was great so because we have that it's it's not a huge problem but it still is a problem in the sense that it could have been tighter in like the storytelling there are some redundant moments or moments that just keeps dragging because a lot of indie films like to drag out these moments so this kind of fell into that same category well not only that but you know Judd Apatow is a producer he's notorious for having his movies a little bit longer than they need to be yeah he just mm -hmm. like to I mean he didn't direct this movie but his his movies or his produced movies are known for just they plant the camera and let the scenes kind of just roll and, and you know just go on and on and they do multiple takes multiple uh, ad-libs and stuff like that so yeah, what are you gonna do? But it's a good movie. I liked it though. It's Big a yeah, up. it's a really good movie. It, it, it yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a sentiment, sentimental idiot, and I would deny that I cry in this movie. It, oh, yeah. you big baby! <laughs> I was emotionally affected. Honestly, I. Oh, were you crying during the same part that Edward was crying in all probably. fifty parts? <laughs> he just cried through the whole movie. It was a blubbering hot mess, and I was like, Edward, be quiet! I can't. Watch this movie over here crying. Oh, the part I have to mention that I loved the part was when, uh, when they were when Ray Romano and Kumal Ninja was sleeping in the same room, and you know, Kumal's trying to sleep, and Ray just keeps going on about his like affair. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Oh, and he's like, "What is this? You're a f what did I do? What the fuck did you I do?" You want to hear this problem? Not really. I want to go to bed. Let me tell you. No. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, it, it's a really funny movie. I mean, I think out of all the movies I've seen this year, Big Sick is probably the funniest movie I've seen so far. I don't know any other movie I can think of that's funnier than, than the Big Sick in terms of like, the jokes always landing. 
Except for those comedian friends. But you know, the joke's yeah. always landing. And not only that, but he has a very strong dramatic dramatic movie too and all that stuff. It breaks the whole rule about having the love interest like go go away from the movie for like a good chunk of it too. It's like it is definitely an unconventional romantic comedy and it's for the best that it's done this way. Yeah, I mean, I hope obviously this opens more doors to people being willing to watch people of color be a love interest and not in a jokey kind of way. I mean, yes, there were jokes here, but they're like real life jokes, which is why it's funny. Um, I, being Josephine, is still like, man, why couldn't Kumal hook up with one of the Indian girls? Because they were pretty pot and and talented and shit and gone for the white girl. I like the brother. There is a white girl. There is a growing concern, uh, and I've noticed it within. I've noticed in the, some of the blog. Master of shit too. Yeah, which is like there is like I guess a growing number of like you know Asian men uh, taking romantic lead roles, um, but the love interest is always like a white one. Granted, this movie you can't you can't escape it because this life. is based on a real life story, so we can give that a pass. But unfortunately, it still falls under the same time because Master Nun, Aziz Ansari, the, his love interest were all white people. Um, and then other things. Oh, yeah. Just recently came out the new John Cho movie, Columbus. His love interest what? is Haley Lou Richardson, who's twice young, his age younger than he is. Pretty cool, right, guys? So, right? Guys? Guys? Anybody? <laughs> what? No, what? It, it, it is true what you're saying. No, I'm, I'm um, dick. But, I mean, as Hollywood has gone in the past, they've always done the opposite. Where it's always a minority dating a white guy, so the fact that they're able to switch it now is baby steps. Baby steps to the point where. However, here's the thing, though. It's it's not really Hollywood. It's like now these Asian men who are the ones in power who are con- creating these stories. They're still reinforcing that narrative where it's like, oh, the white person is still the pedestal, and so uh, the the voices where I've seen a lot of people were criticizing were mo- uh, mostly within the South Asian. Uh, women who are saying that, like, we're not saying that you cannot date white women or anything. Mean, that would be ridiculous. But it's like the media, like the number of media with films and TV shows, like that's the only thing we see. Like we're not seeing anything where it's like, oh, you get to have that. So which is why, like, like as the big sick, I it deserves all the success it gets. But there's a film that's coming out next month that I hope will get just as much oh of a big God. success. You want to talk about Josephine? What? Oh my god. Maybe. Can okay. I interject? Go ahead. There's this movie coming out with Abed. Uh, Danny Pudi. Oh my god. Danny Pudi. Oh, I saw my Comic Con. Community. Um, and he's he is the starring man person in this movie called Tiger Hunter. And we saw this movie like two years ago, I believe. At um, Last year. Last year. No. May have been last year. It feels like two years. It feels like it's been too long. Uh for the Los Angeles Asian Pacific Film Festival. It was the opening movie for that festival. And the entire cast is... Well, okay, the entire uh, important cast are all all Indian. Indian. And then there is a love interest that he actually likes, and And it's from India, and it's an Indian woman. And she's beautiful, and she's well-rounded. She's not just some chick who's like, hey, I'm super hot, look at me. And it has a substantial love story, and everything he does is like for her, but then... Whatever. No spoilers. Spoiler. It's, no, so no spoilers. It's, no spoilers. It's a, it's a comedy. It's an immigrant story, of like you know, but it's done in a very respectful way. Uh, the reason uh, I definitely wanted when it does officially come, out, I think September twenty second, limited release in Los Angeles and New York. I think, but I here's know, the exact. I'm very, I, exactly. I, I memorize the dates because 
this film does not have the high pedigree that Big Sick had, like with Judd Apatow and all these. You know, the woman who made this, Lena Khan, uh, this is all her doing for the past she seven years. It, right? Yeah, she directed. Yeah, wrote the director it. is a female Indian woman. Female Indian woman. So, anyways, we're, I don't want to detract time away from Big Sick, but I, it's good to see that there's more films with uh, Asian men taking the lead. Um, but I, I hope this expands more, not just Asian men, but just Asian women, um, to, you know, tell stories from their point of view. Speaking of which, also, I, I gotta say, the, the people who have seen this movie that I recommended to, who are, who are white people, actually, none of them have actually mentioned that the main guy was Muslim, or at least, you know, not really practicing Muslim, but not a white guy. Uh, go ahead, Edward. <laughs> oh, no, I was just gonna, I was just saying, yeah, I agree with you, because it's like, they don't make it a heavy emphasis, but they do show that he is Muslim. And right. so it's kind of like, it's great to see a film where it's like, not just an Indian Asian man, but a Muslim man be a romantic lead interest in an American film. That's all I want to say. Right, right. But like I said, the, the people I've talked to, none of them have even bothered mentioning the fact that, that he's not white. So well, that's pro- th- progressive. Well, you know, well progressive. I don't think you'll be friends with racist people, right? I'm, I'm giving you the benefit <laughs> of the doubt, right? Number Fine, one, you're not, you're not going to clam me. That's a good point. You know what I mean? Also, you live point. in L.A. too. We're a pretty aggressive city and stuff. That's Let's fr- go to a clan meeting and talk about this movie. Make friends in Kansas and let's see what's up. You know what I mean? They will, they, they will, they will see what's going on here. Yeah. Yep, yep. But uh, uh, thumbs up. Should fart. I dig it. Okay. Anything else you want to add before we wrap this up? Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a thumbs up and definite like must watch. Yes. Regardless mm-hmm. of my opinion of Zoe Kapoop. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I would say this is this generation's or this century's uh, when Harry met Sally, which is also century. Whoa! Well, I mean, bro. it is still a century, right? It is still this, this century. Well, this seventeen years, man. That's Fine. a lot of Fine. lot of bad comedy. We got a lot of years to cover. Fine, I'll make it smaller. It is definitely this year's when Harry when Harry met Sally. You could just say yeah, it's, it's future, or you could just go aliens meeting. Um, you know, whatever a uh, new Sally's. Or this is one of the better movies of the year. Thumbs up. It's That's definitely it. one of the best movies of the year. Uh, I really hope it gets nominated for an Oscar. Mm. Ray Romano and best Holly picture. Hunter. Ray Romano. Uh, I think Hunter. for sure. I think Holly Hunter uh, might get a best Ray Romano actress. might get a best We'll see about Kumail Nanjiani. I, I, no, I, I feel like happening. maybe Golden Globes is possible. We'll see. Who yeah. knows? Yeah, I, I don't. I think out of all of them, it's Holly Hunter has the best chance. Uh, Ray Romano, maybe. Because supporting actors maybe. is kind. You can get in there. I think. Yeah, but no, but I think I think Holly Hunter has a good chance actually. It's kind of it's kind of. Nobody cares about Kumal. This kind of, no. I, it, I, 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 yeah. the, the Academy's not going to vote for Kumail. Yeah. They're, yeah. Well, they're, you they're never just know. Not. They might need to fill that quota. Like, hey, this year we got to put in a Muslim person. Oh, yeah. put him in. He's the to only fair, one we got. No, to be See. fair, Josephine has a good point. If, if if depending on how the studio like promotes this movie to the Academy members, they might be able to get the big sick to get that really big push for the Oscars. So you never know. It might happen. Yeah. yeah. See. Okay. All we'll right. See what other like black slave movies they have coming out this year oh, yeah. because those usually take precedent. <laughs> I'm like, oh, gotta have the white guilt, gotta fill that up. They have that third girl Marshall coming in with uh, 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 Black Panther, so that might be that spot. You know what I mean? He might take Camille's nomination right there. Uh-huh. So, but it's we'll a see. Marvel film. Well, also, no, I'm saying didn't they the expand the nominations to like yeah. eight, ca- eight people to be for best actor? Really? That's no, not me. No, not the actor part. Just still the best picture. I don't think eight. I don't think the actors oh, have changed oh, yet. Oh, right, right, right. Not yet. Okay. It was not only that, but it is a comedic role, and comedic roles usually have a harder time yeah. getting recognized. All right. But and, uh, you never know. You never know. You never know. Yeah, we don't know what the rest of the year is going to shape like as far as like 
quality movies and stuff like that. It's only August. So we'll okay. see. And on that it's note, August. and on that note, thanks for listening. My name is Albert. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Albert5x5. You can find me on my Isola movie blog for my non-spoiler movie reviews or for the official Who What Wears Why comic strip, which is part of the Coco Mix Mix section of the website. And on the Stuff and Junk show where we talked about something I haven't stuff recorded yet. You know, stuff and some junk. This is John Mink, J-I-A-M-I-N-G-L-I-O-U on Twitter. This is Josephine. You can find me right here playing with my cats. Oh, I hate and you. on Facebook and Instagram at Jojo and I am Josephine for Twitter. Oh my god. Wow, that was terrible. Uh, this is Edward. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Monster. You can send comments to whowhatworstwhy.gmail.com via our Facebook page or through the website. If you want to show your support and you want to help us out, just check out uh, whowhatworstwhy.com slash support to find out how. Music has been provided by the Y-Axis. Find them at theyaxis.com. But for the most part, uh, Game of Thrones is fantastic this season. Uh, Rick and Morty is fantastic this season. Pickle Rick! Pickle Rick might be the best Pickle thing Rick. I've... It might be the best thing I've seen this year. It's, it's awesome. I love that episode of Rick and Morty. It, it's the best. It kind of... Oddly enough, the Pickle Rick episode is arguably better than John Wick 2. It's better than anything. Forget John Wick 2, John Wick 1. It's better I than that John Game Wick of Thrones. 2 to Pickle Rick. No, because, because it's clearly it's really a callback. No, in terms of I'm like news about it, but that's a two very different thing. <laughs> yeah. No. No, I mean the, the 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 way that the story progressed for Pickle Rick is kind of like a throwback to to John Wick in a sense. You know, no. they even had the Russian no. thing going on. What so are you talking about so if no. John Wick did not turn himself into a pickle. No. No, no that's not true. John Wick started out as a pickle. Parents, I mean, his family. Yeah. Pick. John you're, Wick. You're reaching, man. That's that's reaching. Yeah, I don't know. I I would say Pickle Rick out John Wick. John Wick. So there we go. I don't think that's, that's a false equivalence. It's, <laughs> it's clo- I believe it's closer to probably Die Hard because he's trapped in one location trying to get out. Even but even in Die Hard, he he doesn't start as a pickle and then he he, he gets uh, forget uh, the pickle uh, part. Oh it's the most God. important part. No, it's the a, whole point was that he was a pickle. Literally, it's called Pickle Rick. Yeah, <laughs> an pickle. action film. That's what it is. It's a action film. It's a Pickle. He said to the pickle. Obviously, have not seen John Wick two for some reason, yeah. and are just impu- putting a giant pickle on Keanu Reeves's body. <laughs> yeah, besides the point, he's a pickle. He's a pickle. Was a giant pickle doing exact? If it was the exact same movie and it was a giant pickle, then it would be the most absurd best movie of the century. Oh. Okay, fine. I'll rephrase this. Uh, the Pickle Rick episode is the best action. Something of the year. It's the best thing of the year. It's a whatever you want to call it. Best TV show. The best, best animated action yeah. sequence of the year. How's that? Yeah, it is action. Oh. It's just period. the best thing. It's the best piece of art I've seen this year. That's all. That's all I'm saying. All right. This has been an episode of Spoilers, please, Sorry, which is part of the Who What Worst Why Network. <laughs>